0: Hello everyone and welcome to the CMO Stories podcast episode 8. And we are already in season two, still at the Web Summit. And now I'm very excited to be joined by Amy. Amy, how are you?
1: I am very well, and it's so great to be here.
0: Yeah, I know you already had a long day, like me, (laughs) but uh, happy to be here with you. Guys, Amy Peck is founder and CEO at Endeavor XR, which is a leading global VR, AR, XR consulting firm. Amy is a futurist who speaks globally on XR, the metaverse, and emerging tech. Amy works with Fortune 500 companies on XR strategy, digital transformation, and insights into the metaverse. Wow, I will love this introduction because <laughs> Amy, yeah, Web3 and so on, there's a lot of talking about, about the metaverse. By the way, I attended a talk everyone has its own definition about the metaverse. So what is for you the current state of Web3 and the metaverse? Where are we?
1: Well, I think we're a little bit all over the map. And it's funny, you said you've heard a few different definitions. I always say that if you ask 10 people what their definition of the metaverse is, you will get 25 answers because everyone has about two and a half different (laughs) descriptions of what it is. But I like to describe it in very simple terms. So if you think about the metaverse and web3 the metaverse are basically 3d websites and web3 is the internet in the infrastructure but it's just the internet in 3d so if you think about it in those terms you start to be able to separate really what you know the focus is for each of those avenues into this 3d landscape that we're all diving into Right. Is it
0: actually Web3 or is it like today 2.5? Because Yes, you're...
1: yes. It's funny you say that because it's exactly what I said yesterday that, you know, we love the idea of Web3. So that there are companies that are native Web3 companies that are starting, but for large companies like the ones we work with, it's not realistic for them to just suddenly, you know, shift everything into this kind of decentralized construct and to be in this 3D realm. So it's 2.5 is really where everybody is. And the strategies that we work with our clients on are not just about, you know, how do you bring this technology in, but more about, you know, philosophically what are the products and services of the future? So when you see, you know, we paint a picture of really what the future is going to look like. So I don't even really call myself a futurist. I call myself a future realist. So it's being able to draw a line from here to the future, but you have to fantasize first mm-hmm. and, and just imagine what it is that we want as individuals you know, in the future. And then once companies start to free up the way that they think about the process and, and, you know, products and services, and how they're going to engage their customers, whether they're B2B or whether they're B2C, then that allows them to kind of start to build that fluency in this 3D landscape. And it could be as simple as just making 3D assets out of all of their products if they're, you know, a product company.
0: Like digital twins or... Well,
1: yeah, it could be digital twins. If it's, let's say, if it's a manufacturing company, they can do digital twins of their line. You can do a digital twin of a factory. But if they're like a, as, you know, CPG company, they can have... They already have 3D assets because they design their packaging uh, already in 3D. So it's then taking those and optimizing those to be used in augmented reality or virtual reality in these environments. But also, the important thing is to be able to manage those 3D assets because you can imagine as everything moves to 3D, imagine how many assets they're going to have. They need to be able to find them and use them.
0: Right. Yes, yes there are so many opportunities. and Web 3 is also an umbrella term for a lot of exactly. technologies.
1: Exactly, <laughs> for everything. Yes, you, you like
0: <laughs> you see the, the garden hype cycle, you have the metaverse. It's really early. Do you already see, at your clients, you know, these bigger brands, are they thinking about doing stuff in the metaverse already?
1: Oh, they're all thinking about it. Some are steaming in. Um, I like to use the example of Nike because they are really pushing the envelope. They, you know, acquired a company called Artifact who do really beautiful work. Yeah. And you know, have been releasing a series of crypto kicks and which are, you know, NFT uh, sneakers and they're collectible. In fact, the most expensive one was designed by Murakami, went for $134,000. Now, I don't believe that that's really the future because that is, that's a challenging market and it's not something that necessarily engages the average consumer, of course. But What it does is it really shows that there is an appetite for digital goods. And Nike is unique in that their demographic actually is in Roblox and in these kind of gaming environments. Roblox has a very young demographic. It's really the bulk of it is 9 to 13. But that's their demographic. They're in a unique position that their demographic is 9 to 90, right? right? For other brands, and I'm not going to name names, I, I am always impressed with companies that are willing to invest in the future. I do think there are companies, you know, getting not good advice. They're being sold strategies that suit the company selling the solution and You know, the best companies are the ones that make sure that their first order of business is to protect their client from making investments into this technology because this is an expensive game. This isn't something you just go, oh, we're just going to throw, you know, $100,000 at it or euros and we'll be fine. It's seven figures, eight figures, uh, and it's a lot of upkeep and it can go south very quickly.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's like in the beginning years of like social media or the internet. Should we be on internet? Should we be using email and so on? So now we are at that stage, I guess. Um, so, yeah, it's it's really exciting. Yeah. So, are these companies reaching out to you uh, for their projects? If they, are, they have, like, say, a business case or a problem and say, oh, we want to do something, or it's like, no, we need to do something with Web3. And can you help us it's, to define what?
1: Yeah, it's a little bit of both. We have actually turned down a fair amount of work because we work with a company that, you know, they have a specific brief that, you know, we believe... Isn't going to serve them in the long term. We're just we're busy enough. We don't I, I do. we don't, I don't want to lead any client down a path that could potentially be detrimental to them later on. You know this. It, we are in this sort of abject money grab at the moment with crypto. With a lot of the communities, which you know, Board Apes is a great community, but there is a, a certain false scarcity to these NFTs that mm-hmm. is a bit of a trap. And so, you know, the way that, you know, we work with companies that are much more thoughtful. They're saying, you know, how do we solve this bigger problem? How do we meet our ESG goals? I, you know, we've announced that we're going to, you know, be carbon neutral by 2025 or 2030. Yeah. How yeah. do we get there? And yeah. how do we leverage technology? And that, I think, is the recipe for using technology in general. It's not just bringing the technology in for technology's sake, right? No. It's, you know, how do we define like what is this vision of the future and we're at this really amazing moment where it's not about predicting the future this is really we're in a co-creation moment with our customers on what the future looks like and if we use a kind of personal viewpoint on what would we like the future to look like and think about it do you mm-hmm. have a vision for yourself 25 30 years from now like really specifically
0: Oh that's way ahead, yeah. Yeah, ahead. but,
1: but yeah. most people don't take that time to really just imagine the way kids do. You know, we, we talk about STEM, 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 but I believe it's steam, right? It's that creativity. Yeah,
0: yeah, it is. Yeah, they are not like they are not already thinking in a certain frame. So they are just open minded. So if I talk to people about Web3 or, or, or and they are not in the space, it's like what is this? and the metaverse and you know, they they are not seeing how it could be, but as you said, see how it could be and how it could benefit for people for the pattern. And once you have the, like these use cases that are interesting, I think it will evolve also quickly. Yeah. What I noticed is that you are not using technical words in your, as we are talking, you say digital collectible, but you don't mention NFTs <laughs> or whatever. So I think that's also important. I think
1: the language that we speak, no? Yeah, I think it's important. I also just personally... Don't like the word fungible. I hate the way it sounds. (laughs) (laughs) I know there's like sort of a deep tech reason for that word, but it's just I was like, there are many other words that mean kind of irrevocable. (laughs) So we could have used one of those. But yeah, that's kind of beside the point. But I do think that also there's confusion around what these terms mean. So I think it's important for us in the industry to make sure that people don't feel left out. You know, we forget that there's a young generation who are digital natives, especially gamers they understand skins, they understand the value of these digital assets. But a lot of people who just haven't spent that much time in these environments are hearing all of these terms. It's like, we should not make it this elitist club that you get to be in the Web3 club and you have to have your Discord server. And, you know, it's, we need to make it accessible to everyone because the more people who understand it, the more people will have an opinion on how we get to build this landscape. And I think it's important that we do co-create that is the beauty of a decentralized construct is that we all get to build it together that's the hope it's
0: excitement yeah and that everyone can you know do stuff we are independent it's not like we are depending on a centralized platform like or they can take away anything Something that I also find fascinating is the aspect of digital identity that you will have to behave yourself and it's not in the hands of someone else. What are your thoughts on digital identity?
1: It's that is that is like the best softball question because it is one of my absolute favorite topics, and I think it's one of the most important things. I will always try and weave it into any conversation. If I'm on stage, I want to inspire people to really be aggressive about demanding their data back because it really is the most important thing for us to take the time to manage our data because it also is going to be a cornerstone of this next evolution of this parallel digital economy that is burgeoning. And our data, I don't even think it's as simple as monetizing. I think it's really about, you know, it's not just, here's my data, give me, you know, 0.000, 000 e for it, right? Yeah. It's, it's really... Is starting to have that more of a value for data exchange where the value could be any type of experience. It could be that, you know, sort of a, maybe you get to design, you know, one of your favorite brands, or maybe there's certain events and community. And we're seeing that community is, is also the cornerstone, but self-sovereign identity is going to be one of the most important facets of this for us as individuals And it is the way that we all get to participate in the economy and we get to close the digital divide. So thank you for asking that question. So that's, if if that
0: is because I already saw someone here from Web coming to us to say that we need to close, it's really so short. But, you know, if people that are listening to this podcast, this is one of the main messages, I think, that you bring about digital identity. To look into that and to, and because it's really one of the promises and one of the good things that will come out of Web3. So, yeah, I'm, I'm really sorry, Amy, that you have so. Oh, no, no, time. it's my
1: it's my fault, but I am so happy that we got to have this chat and maybe we'll have another one next maybe year. Maybe we'll have <laughs> another one.
0: And so, for people listening to this podcast and saying,
1: wow, I want
0: to know so much more about this, <laughs> where should I, I send them to? Where should they go to?
1: I'm best on LinkedIn and Twitter. Those are sort of my, my go-to. Um, although we'll see what happens with Twitter. <laughs>
0: yeah, we'll see what happens with that.
1: People are quitting and you know, 240 characters are last there. So yeah, we'll see. It's, yeah, we will it's still see. Standing. But
0: at the moment, it's still the place. It's to still be. a
1: place. It's still a place. But LinkedIn is always good.
0: It's always good. So uh, I'm sure that we will find you there. So thank you everyone for listening. As you already noticed the episodes that I'm doing at WebSuite are a bit shorter but that doesn't mean that there is a lot of value in there so if you found value in there and you think this could be useful for one of my colleagues, one of your friends, people around you, just send them a link to this podcast episode. I think they will like it and if you are not yet subscribed to my podcast be sure to do that And of course, I would like to see you back for the next
1: episode. Bye. Bye. Thanks so much.
0: Hey, if you missed anything, we took all the notes for you on web3.net. The link is also in the podcast description. And also be sure to check out our NFTs on cmo-stories.uncut.fm. And of course, if you like to be connected with me on social media, you can find me on Twitter or on Instagram or on LinkedIn. Just find me with my username, Yuri Belast. And of course, I hope to see you back for the next podcast episode. Take care.